Growing up, a, a friend of mine, his family had a picture in their house of Jesus playing soccer with a group of kids. And I suppose the message the picture was trying to convey is that Jesus is friendly, um, he's fun, easygoing. And maybe as I describe that image, you think that's a wonderful picture and would like it in your home. Maybe you think it's a little corny and cringe and not something you would particularly like. But wherever you fall on that spectrum, it's pretty hard to reconcile the image of, of this fun-loving Jesus playing soccer with the one our gospel presents of the cleansing of the temple, where Jesus, I mean, he makes a whip out of cords. He overthrows tables, he spills coins, he drives out sheep and oxen, he yells at the money changers and the merchants to get out. He is consumed by zeal for his father's house. Why does Jesus react to this situation with such intensity and force? And, you know, Jesus' reaction is all the more puzzling because, I mean, I'm frankly, if you think about it, the money changers and merchants, there's a good argument that they're providing a legitimate service. The temple was the very heart of Judaism. It was where you went to celebrate the major feasts throughout the year. So for a feast like Passover, you might have one million pilgrims come into Jerusalem. If they were going to celebrate Passover, they needed to do two things. First, they needed to exchange the coins that they used elsewhere in the empire for coins in Jerusalem, because most Roman coins had an image of a king or an emperor, which, again, goes against Jewish law. So you need a coin that is appropriate for Jerusalem and will be accepted by people in Jerusalem. And then if you want to participate in Passover, you need a one-year-old lamb, male lamb, to offer as a sacrifice. Could you bring one from wherever you were coming? Sure. Would it be easier to just buy one with the money you just exchanged? Yeah, it'd be a lot easier. So there's nothing intrinsically wrong with making a living exchanging currency or selling something. Why does Jesus react with such force and intensity then? Are they cheating people? Probably, yes. And I mean, we, that, that's made more clear in other Gospels. Um, all four Gospels, they give a, a, an account of Jesus cleansing the temple. Mark emphasizes the corruption and the cheating that went on. John has a different emphasis. He's not so much concerned with what they're doing, but where they are doing it, in the temple. The temple was the holy place, the sacred space in all of Judaism. And that word holy, when you look at the, the Hebrew word for it, kadosh, it means set apart. The temple was set apart exclusively for prayer and the worship of God. And these money changers and merchants, they profaned the temple. And we don't use that word profane that much, at least not in this sense. So let me give you an example that I think drives home uh, what these money changers and merchants were doing. Let's say you see me shopping for groceries at Dillon's. There's nothing wrong with shopping for groceries. We all need to do it. But if you saw me in Dillon's shopping for groceries and I was wearing my vestments for mass, you would think something's odd about that. It doesn't quite seem right. 
Let me give another example. If you come by the office during the week, especially in the morning, I'm probably drinking coffee. Nothing wrong with drinking coffee, very ordinary thing. But if I was drinking coffee out of the chalice that I celebrate Mass with, you would rightly think I'm doing something really wrong. You would intuitively know that. In both cases, I would be profaning holy objects. Objects that have been set apart exclusively for the worship of God. I would be treating a consecrated chalice set apart for the celebration of the Mass as if it was just another coffee mug. I'd be treating sacred vestments, consecrated, set apart for the celebration of Mass as if they're just ordinary everyday clothes. And these merchants and money changers were treating the holy place and sacred place in all of Judaism as if it's just another town square to set up shop. They profaned the temple. Now maybe you're thinking, okay, I get it. They shouldn't have done that. They were wrong. But why did Jesus react this way? Why didn't he just preach about this or teach about this or, you know, exhort them not to do this? This is where the virtue of zeal comes in. Remember, after this event, the disciples connect what Jesus does with this line from Psalm 69, zeal for your house will consume me. The virtue of zeal is a holy impatience that comes out of an intense love of God. Jesus loves his Father and by extension his temple so much that he simply couldn't bear to see this holy place profaned by turning it into another run-of-the-mill marketplace. When it was supposed to be the place people went to encounter Almighty God, to pray to him, to worship him. So that is why Jesus takes this dramatic action to purify this sacred space that was set apart so that it can be holy once again. Truth be told, we need zeal, all of us. And often today we shy away from that word zeal because, you know, the word zealot has a bad connotation. To be fair, our zeal should never be unhinged from prudence or reason. But here's why we need zeal. Just as the temple was set apart as the holy place, so too are we in virtue of our baptism. Each and every one of us is truly a temple of the Holy Spirit. God himself dwells within us. Yes, it's true, we're all sinners in need of God's mercy, but because of our baptism, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And when we sin, especially when we sin gravely, seriously, we profane the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are, uh, when we sin gravely, we are inviting those money changers and merchants to come into our hearts and souls, so to speak. So we need this virtue of zeal, this holy impatience to drive out and uproot sin from our life, to drive out and uproot all the bad habits we have, all the circumstances that lead us to sin. And that's no easy task. But a great place to start is to go to confession. When we go to confession and confess our sins, we are inviting Jesus to come into our hearts and souls and to drive out these money changers and merchants of sin that we have allowed in. And I know I've preached on confession several times this Lent, but that's because the one thing we need to do to make this Lent uh, fruitful is to make a good and honest confession. We have several opportunities this week to do that. 
You know, our, it, it's penance service this week. It started yesterday with the penance service at Most Pierre de Mary in the morning. Today we have one at Mother Teresa, two. Tomorrow night we have two. One at Our Lady Guadalupe and one at Sacred Heart. Tuesday, 7 p.m. at Christ the King. Wednesday, 7 p.m. at St. Matt's. Thursday, 7 p.m. here at Holy Name. This Lent, let us take the opportunity to repent of our sins in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, to allow Christ to come into the, our hearts and souls and to drive out of the temple of the Holy Spirit the money changers of sin that we have allowed in. May we repent this Lent so that we can become holy, set apart for God, so that we can become the saints He created us to be.